Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. And here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good off-season Monday, Birds fans. We are truly in the off-season now. Uh, you got Johnny Mac and Jody Mac, Mac and Mac here on Birds 365. Last Monday was the day after the Super Bowl. You're still talking about on-field action. This is the first week of our off-season lives, Johnny Mac. We gotta, we gotta come up with stuff to talk about because. This is a downtime. The NFL New Year doesn't start for four weeks when transactions can actually be made. Free agents can be legally tampered with. Uh, yeah, we got the combine coming up, which will be good and uh, give us lots of guys for speculation who could become Philadelphia Eagles via the draft. But this is it. This, this is the offseason. This is where McDonald and McMullen kind of take over. And you guys on the stream, if you want to chime in and feel free. 
uh, what what will the Eagles be doing, even though they're going to do nothing basically for the next month of the season? Correct. Well, they got to. They've still got some work to do. They got to finish up their coaching staff, which is taking forever. Um, you mentioned four weeks. It's actually three weeks in, uh, until. So people are speculating uh, about free agents already. Um, you know, when Eddie Jackson, somebody like that, shakes uh, from the tree. Um, all of a sudden people, oh, he used to play for Big Mangio. So, you know, that kind of stuff comes into play. Um, yeah, I mean, the NFL is really good at setting up the calendar. I talk about it all the time. And they're ready to go with the next thing. And that's why they – it's not why – it's not the only reason why they're number one. But uh, I, I think it's an underrated reason why. Because they're never far away from from – the front of people's minds because they they set this thing up so perfectly to where there's always something uh to discuss there is uh and we'll discuss it that's what we'll do the next three weeks on birds 365 but uh actual moves they will not be made speculation can run rampant and we'll try and help that along with our opinions and what we're hearing and everything else but there is nothing actual that can get done over the next three weeks, but uh, talk about uh, rampant speculation. We'll start that today. Uh, Eric Edholm is going to join us from NFL.com, one of their uh, regular writers and draft analysts, and he'll be in Indianapolis. Uh, I, I think a lot of teams, a lot of people get in on Sunday. It, it officially starts on Monday, but uh, some people think that the start is Sunday when people start showing up because, oh, I don't know. Maybe there'll be tampering going on. A lot of agents will be there and team executives. And, oh, they'll only be talking about guys who are already under contract to teams about potential extensions. Yeah, right. Uh, there will be talks about anyone and everyone who is a free agent in a team that will listen to them. So it is it is officially tampering season or uh, will be as of uh, Monday in the NFL. All right, Johnny Mack, here's where I start today. You mentioned the coaching staff. One guy got a much-deserved contract extension in a year where a whole bunch were told your services are no longer needed. Some are still sitting there in the gray areas to whether they're going to return or not. You don't know. We don't know. Speculation abounds. One guy who's definitely sticking around is Michael Clay, who got a contract extension. Um, uh, hey, I got to give this guy a lot of credit because here on Birds 365, I was saying after last year's season, why is this guy coming back? They, they need to go out and get themselves a new uh, special teams coordinator. They did a lousy job in 2022 on special teams. And it's so difficult to try and decide and parse uh, credit and blame for a special teams coach because it's as limited as it is. It's game situational. You don't know how much say he has on what guys are handed to him. And uh, here is the, the recipe. Make up a great uh, special team salad. You don't always get the right uh, pieces for your yeah. recipe. And I think that was in part due to Howie Roseman and, and a bunch of other people. And you just have to try and make chicken salad out of chicken. You know what? Um, there might have been some of that going on the year before, but they were terrible on special teams. Yes, they were. It, yes, it, they were. I find this. Yeah, I I wrote about this on Sports Illustrated. I, I find it so interesting because 
not that contradiction is new to the Eagles. I mean, Nick Sirianni often does it in the same press conference. He'll say one thing, and by the end of it, he'll say the exact opposite. So not that it's new, but, you know, this is a perfect example of the stuff I've been talking about, and continuity and letting young coaches grow. And all of a sudden, yeah, I mean, if you if one of these – uh, uh, betting outlets who send me odds on everything, like Saquon Barkley is going to end up in Philadelphia, and I roll my eyes. Um, if one of them set up which coordinator is uh, the most likely to be fired coming into the 2023 season, it would have been Michael Clay by a mile. It would have been my think about it. I mean, Brian Johnson and, and Sean Desai are first year coordinators coming into the season, young coaches on a perceived Super Bowl contender, everybody's like, well, they're not going to get fired. And Michael Clay's barely hanging on uh, by the by the skin of his teeth. And bang, he's he's the one getting the extension. One gets blown out during the season. Sean Desai and Brian Johnson gets let go after the season. It's amazing. It's amazing. But the contradiction part is, again, he was 29 years old. He was the youngest coordinator in the NFL when the Eagles hired him. A lot of us raised eyebrows about that first staff, me included. I'll raise my hand about the lack of experience um, and it, where's the experience going to come from. And it ended up being a very, very good staff. Um, but, man, and Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon as well, the first year wasn't all peaches and cream. Either was the second year, but people, revisionist history. They had hiccups like everybody else. Nobody's perfect. Look at the Super Bowl champions this year. They had a lot of stinking hiccups in the regular season, um, but they persevered. I mean, there's the contradiction. It's like, who's to say if they were afforded the same patience that Brian Johnson and Sean Desai couldn't turn into good coaches? I don't know. Maybe they couldn't have. I know most fans are on that, but this is a perfect example of a guy who was given time and all of a sudden, by the way, the personnel part of it's a big part of it. Oh, yeah. I remember talking about it's the biggest part. I always say it's the biggest part. I I was concerned about that initial 53-man roster because they cut all their good special teams players. And I'll give the fans credit. Well, they said they weren't very good on special teams, so who cares? And it turns out, yeah, they just got more speed and athleticism when it came to coverage. And Josh Job and Kelly Ringo and... Even Ben Van Sumeren, they made a mistake losing Christian Ellis, who was here. Um, Sidney Brown was good at it. Um, just young, fast, athletic players, and they got better in coverage. Britton Covey is a second-year player. For people that don't know, he was the best stinking punt returner in the league. He had the most punt return yardage, the most 15-yard returns. He was phenomenal. Uh, Jake Elliott uh, obviously had an all-pro-level season. And they finally calmed down the punting issues with Braden Mann, which is, again, personnel-related. So, and this is something Nick always says, and he's right. Show me a good coach, and I'll show you a bunch of good players. Show me a good coach, and I'll show you a bunch of good players. It's the best example of that I use it all the time is Steve Spagnuolo. Now, everybody's – Spag's done a great job. Four Super Bowl championship was phenomenal this year. But he had a lot of good players. The same guy, the same guy was the steward of two of the worst five defenses in NFL history and on different teams, New Orleans and New York. 
he wasn't a bad coach, Jody. He didn't have anything to work with. He didn't have anything to work with. It's always personnel first. The reason why I'll give Spags a little more credit than that is, specifically, uh, as we sit here today, the, the Kansas City defense this past year, he developed those guys too. And that is one of the major underrated values of a coaching staff, draft and develop. And too many just people dis disregard develop. You pick a player, you think you know what he is, he's expected to go out and do that year one, do it. Well, some players need development. Some people need coaching. Some people need to learn. And the secondary that they went so young with last year got that much better in year number two. And that is something I think the coach has to get credit for because he's, if he's good at it and Spagnuolo's been around forever, so he certainly understands it. You got to develop guys and he developed guys, that defensive, the staff underneath him, the rest of his defensive positional coaches really developed those guys this past year. So not only does he get credit for the results, I think he should get credit for the development of the players. Uh, so we wait on a couple of other Eagle coaches announcements. You've, poked the bear a couple of times with the Eagles, gratefully so, uh, on the fact that they want to have their entire coaching staff in place and know everyone and be able to come out with a full description of the entire coaching staff, which is nice and formal and everything else. But in the meantime, we all know Fangio is going to be the defense quarter. We all know he's already made a couple of coaching hires. We all know Moore is going to be the new offense quarter, and he's made a couple of coaching hires underneath them. Why they can't do announcements, make it official, have a statement on their coaching staff while they go boggles my mind, boggles your mind, makes your job more difficult to do because that's what you got to do is keep up with the coaching staffs and the like. It, it, is it just an anal thing? Is it the, the this is the way that it's supposed to be done? What, is it the silly competitive advantage <laughs> I thing? I think again? it is. I think oh it my is. God. How is not announcing a coach in February going to help you win a goddamn game in November? I don't know. I don't know, but I think it is. You know, and I asked, I go, I asked somebody, you know, why? And I gave the example because I gave it here last week. The Cowboys hired Mike Zimmer and gave him the reporters the next day. Mm -hmm. The next day. Now, that's quick, so uh, uh, it's it's often a couple days. Might even be a week, but, you know, most teams in the NFL um, abide by sort of the, I don't know what he called it, an unwritten rule because obviously you don't have to do it, as the Eagles prove, um, but it is sort of an un unwritten rule in most of the um most of the teams around the league. Now, the point about competitive advantage, you know, I can even buy some of that when it's a new when it's last year, when it's Brian Johnson, Sean Desai, basically very little experience, completely new to the position in the case of Brian, at least at the pro level. Sean only did it did it one year, and that was a couple of years ago. So these guys don't have a history. Like Vic Fangio's been around since Sammy Ball. I mean, everybody knows what, and half of the league uses his damn scheme. What What are you hiding with Vic Fangio? And it's not like he has he's not used to talking to the media. He's been a former head coach. He's been a former coordinator forever, uh, uh, a defensive coordinator forever. And same thing with Kellen Moore to a lesser degree, but five six years is pretty significant as far as handling these types of situations. 
sometimes I think the Eagles, the Eagles do have it more difficult than most teams. There is a larger media contingency. You know, we're we're at Chickies and Pete's every Tuesday plotting to dismantle the team, evidently, um, with our meetings. They do have it a little bit more difficult when it comes to being under the microscope. But come on, these are veteran guys. It's not a big deal. And guess what, Jody? They're not going to say a damn thing. They're going it, it, to – it's frustrating, to put it mildly. The coven that is the Eagles beat writers that uh, meet in secret and try and come up with ways to ask questions to somehow uh, destroy the Eagle coaching staff. Yeah, we're always trying to destroy the team. Uh, that, that, is, yeah. that, that is uh, funny, um, but uh, it is something you have to deal with. And the Eagles are going to make you deal with it in their time frame. I right, one time frame question, one more time frame question before uh, we get our usual Monday early contributor, Jeff Kerr up. This is a key week, at least in my estimation, for one Jason Kelsey. Um, I've done a bit of a 180 on this one. You know, I said soon he was over and a big deal was made about him bro-hugging out his teammates in the locker room afterwards. I said, what do you expect him to do? Run out of there and cry on the team bus? No, of course he's going to hang with his teammates. Uh, and I think people were just reading into it what they wanted to read into it. I read into it. He's a good dude, and he loves his teammates, and he was uh, just as forlorn as you could get with that pretty pitiful effort they put forth against the Bucs in their one playoff game. And I wasn't going to throw in the towel just because he told a couple of guys, hey, listen, if I'm not I have a great career, he's just covering his backside. So I believed he was coming back. The lead-up to the Super Bowl and certain things he did and certain things he said – by calling the Philadelphia Eagles the Philadelphia Eagles and not we when he was on the Chris Long podcast. Yeah, it was enough for me to change sides and say that if I'm a betting man now, I'd have to bet against Jason Kelsey coming back as the Philadelphia Eagles, but as an Eagle this year. But the one thing I've not changed on is the timing of it. You knew he wasn't going to do anything as long as his brother was still playing football. There's no way he's going to step on his brother's uh, limelight. He's too good a guy, too smart a guy to do something like that. We know this is not going to drag past the start of the NFL year when if they need to, the Eagles have to at least get some wheels in motion for potentially replacing Kelsey, but moving Jerkins over and maybe getting another offensive interior offensive lineman. So there's a time frame we're working between. The question is, when is it going to hit? When is Jason Kelsey going to decide? Most importantly, when is Jason Kelsey going to announce whether he's going to play football or not? Johnny, this seems like a prime week to me. We've gotten past all of the uh, Chiefs and the celebration and everything else. Like you said, three weeks until NFL. You're not going to wait till the day before and until the Eagles that. No. So we're in that uh, hot spot in the middle. My guess is the New Heights podcast this week, whatever day it should drop, is a very good bet to be when he makes an official announcement because Kelsey, like I said, is smart. And he's got a thriving podcast, one of the most popular ones in the entire country. That'd be a pretty good thing to be able to leak information on. You want to be watching because Jason might have something to say about his NFL future. Do you think we find out this week whether Jason Kelsey is or isn't going to be an Eagle for 20? Yeah, I mean, I, I, 
I'm through trying to predict with that guy. I I was the same as you. I assumed he would hold it for the podcast, just to give. Not that he needs a bump for that podcast, but uh, it makes some sense. And he wants to control the narrative. He might do it. You know, he's such a class act. He might do it. Um, they might call a press conference, that type of thing, um, with the local media. Um, they might I, do it that way. I think that'd be after the fact. Just my um, guess. He'll be. announce it himself, and then yeah, he's not he's not going to pull an eagle on you and go. Well, maybe we'll give him to you. Maybe we want no, no. no Jason no, no. will force yeah, yeah. the Eagles to do yes. the right thing, and yes, he will he have an official press conference. Yes, but I think it'll be after the fact. And uh, you know, back in the day, Brandon uh, Brooks did that. You know, spoke to us for a uh, for a long time. But uh, yeah, that'll happen at some point. That again, the timing. If he's coming back, I mean. You know, one year he did it at the combine. But one thing, and I, I maintain the Eagles probably know right now. Um, you know, they they probably know right now. So I, I wouldn't be worried about the um and they know what they're doing. They they they've set this up as far as I don't know if it's gonna work, but they know what they're doing, and they're gonna move Cam Jurgens inside, and then it becomes who's gonna play at right guard and you know, maybe they'll give Tyler Steen a leg up. Maybe they'll sign somebody in free agency. I don't. I don't think they can go into the season saying Tyler Steen's our right guard. But um, it's not like they're going to be scrambling at the last minute if Jason Kelsey says I'm not coming back. And if he does want to come back, I've said he's earned that uh, right to do so. So that's in not even an adjustment. You just move forward with Cam at, at right guard. Um, and Landon at left guard and Jason Kelsey's got one more year. So I, I don't think the strategy is affected that much because they have both plans in place and, you know, it, it works either way from their perspective. The only question is, can you replace his production? And that's unlikely at least early on, but that happens when you lose uh, great players and, you know, there's a silver lining to it uh, in the fact that you can build a, diff- a different way a little bit. But uh, in the old adage, better to give up on a year player a year early than a year late. Um, last game wasn't great, but if he wants to come back, he can. I, he's Jeter in this town. He can do what he wants, and they'll they'll accept it. And and oh, by the way, I think that's a pretty good analogy about Derek Jeter and the way the Yankees handled Derek Jeter and Jeter handled the Yankees. Uh, <clears throat> let let me take this stance for the 100 percent that is the Eagle Nation, Eagles fans. I would say 80 to 85 percent of the 100 percent of Eagles fans are level headed, are are passionate and care about and screaming and go to the games and spend the money and everything else. But they're basically level-headed individuals. About 10% are emotionally driven and will do and or say anything that they think uh, comes to the top of their head after something happens with the Eagles. Win or lose games, decisions made, players moved, decisions made like retirement, and those idiots will say anything. And they will question and or chastise Jason Kelsey, if he decides to walk away from the game, because they know the eventual effect that John McMullen just stated, chances are they're not going to be able to replace his production. It's going to have to be at least a step, a temporary step back if Jason Kelsey retires. And some 
Eagle fans will be stupid enough, 10 percent, uh, will be stupid enough to question him and or chastise him. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, see, I think you were too high with 85 percent logical, but I don't think they the other end of it because of Jason's goodwill. I don't think there'll be too many people taking shots at him. I, 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 maybe I'm wrong. I'll stand, I, I'll stand by like, my 10%. All right. Uh, 10, 10% of Eagle fans are just, yeah, that's, they, well, that's, they're emotionally, that's they're emotionally uncontrolled. You're right. It's yeah. absolutely shameful. And yeah. I said it at 10%, which means 85% perfectly fine. 10%, they're, they're yeah. just too, that, they're, that they're uncontrollable, is what they are. And then there's that 5% in the middle that are kind of sitting on the fence. And that's who I'm talking to right now. Don't go to the 10%. No, be smart. Be wise. Be a diehard Eagle fan. Be level-headed. Join the 85%. You're going to go, thank you, Jason, for what you've done and given us and the like. That 10% will say something stupid. Well, I hope Mark not. my words. I hope not. Uh, oh, there's, there's a few in every single group, and there are some in Eagle Nation. Uh, you want me to back it off to 7%? I don't know. 10% is uh, a round number. That's what I'm going to go. Well, I agree with you. There's always somebody, but I, I think it's going to be, I'm maybe I'm giving them too much credit. There's got, I think it's going to be less than that. I think it's going to be very minute and half of them. I don't even think half of them believe what they say. Half of them are just trolls. I, I'm on. That's yeah. all I'm, I'm not, I, I'm not going to try and get them on a couch and analyze them. John. Yeah. I'm just going to take them for their value. They'll call WIP and say, why'd Kelsey have to do us like this? Yeah, I guarantee wow. you, you're going to get calls like that. He's McMahon on McDonald, Mac and Mac birds, three I see we've got Jeff Kerr in our waiting room. He's ready to join us as he does each and every single Monday. Oh, I'm going to talk to – I've not talked to Carr about Shanahan yet. That's something we're going to have to get into, John. Not only on my show, but on other shows, uh, the amount of people, and I won't say complete pass, but are understanding and or giving some type of pass to Kyle Shanahan has just boggled my mind. I, I, I can't wrap my head around it. I'm very interested to see what Jeff Carr has to say because I – uh, appreciate his opinion too. Jeff Kerr, CBSSports.com, going to join us next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. They're carving them up and good play calling along the way. Perfect goal at the six. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. 
Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. A Monday off-season edition of Birds 365. John McMullen, Jody McDonald, and as we usually are on Mondays early, joined by Jeff Kerr, CBSSports.com. Um, I saw a bunch of stuff that you wrote after the Super Bowl, but I need you to go on record here with our streamers on Birds 365. How bad did Kyle Shanahan uh, blow that Super Bowl for the 49ers? Oh, he blew it. Uh, absolutely, he blew it. And I had the privilege to write about because I was ranting about in our CBS Slack room at the time. Why did he choose to get the ball first? And I literally said this and my sports editor goes, you know what they lose your writing about this, right? I'm like, and this was the coach of me. I'm like, okay, so you just put yourself in a lose-lose situation. Not only do you have to score a touchdown, but because you took the ball first, you probably should go for two. So there's no guarantee you get that. The only way you win by getting the ball first is scoring, going for two, and putting the the pressure on the Chiefs to do that. Anything else, the Chiefs are, you know, you kick the extra point and score a touchdown, the Chiefs are going for two. If you kick a field goal, then all the Chiefs need is a touchdown. It it, it just didn't make enough sense to me. Is it the reason why they lost the Super Bowl? No, but it was just a baffling decision in the game where he had a couple baffling decisions. Yeah, I, I, and, and I haven't seen, I was interested what you said there, Jody. I haven't seen a bunch of people defending him. I might have missed it. Are you I, want me, I mean, I'll reel off a couple. No, of no, I right believe now. you. I believe um, you. No, Jody, did you read my, my responses on Twitter that I ignore? <laughs> they were all 49ers fans. Oh, well, yeah, well, I'm not talking about 49ers fans. I'm talking well, about. I, I'll give you one, John. Dieter Kurtenbach, who's a very good reporter for the uh, Bay Area News and host shows on KNBR. Probably, probably a 49er fan. <laughs> he's a 49er reporter. Yeah. Which means he's not supposed to be a Are you a fan of the Eagles, John McMahon? No, but oh, there okay. are well, more. Then that was not a fan of any. Kurtenbach to his yeah. standard. Well, I get funny. You know, I've been right on my show over the weekend. You know what I'm proud of, Jeff? I, I've kept it since I had my national column. I had a file. I have a file folder that where every fan accused me of either being a fan of their hated team or I, I, I was a fan of a certain team. And I got I got to 28. I didn't get the 32. Uh, uh, I, I, I was trying to get the 32. He's a fan of this team. He's a fan. Yeah, uh, that's one of the things I take the most pride in. But let's be honest reporting has changed there are a lot of there are a lot of reporters in philadelphia i'm not going to out anybody you like the eagles it shouldn't be that way but it is that way i I don't know this guy you're talking about maybe he's legitimate maybe he's right down the middle i don't know but from the standpoint of kyle um yeah that was a mistake and i i told jody immediately after the game i couldn't prove it 
but I, I thought they didn't understand the rules. And, you know, he doubled down and claimed that he did, and he wanted the third possession. Guess what? He wasn't getting the third possession, <laughs> win or lose. That was my favorite argument. Yeah. Oh, I, I won the third possession. Like, what third possession? Like, what are you talking about, dude? But like, the players confirmed it. They had no sticking idea. The 49ers players, they had no – the ones who did read the scoreboard, you know, and, and the other ones, they never talked about it. They said it. They confirmed it. So, yeah, he's full of you-know-what, but – it's tough to admit mistakes in that position. Yeah, but, John, there, there, there's a middle ground here. He may well have known about it. He may well have met with members of their analytics staff and he and Lynch together making decisions. And they dropped the ball in getting the information to the players. Or oh, maybe yeah. they well, stupidly thought that the players didn't necessarily have to know. Just go out and you do your job. We'll make the all-important decision. He may very well have known, but didn't give I would that. argue that's even worse. It's, he knew. Yeah, it's bad and didn't inform and didn't inform the players i w- i would argue that's worse if he's like well i know they should know no that ain't that that ain't how it works you start talking about it like andy and freaking training camp um now andy's a different breed i i don't think i i i kind of said no way to prove this but i believe it um i bet you more than half the teams would have handled it the same way as kyle not andy and probably far more than that, probably three quarters. Andy's in a very small minority of being ultra prepared. Um, He's always been like that, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 99. That's the legendary story. Jody got it firsthand that Jeffrey Lurie said about the notebooks and the coaches. And, this guy's, and by the way, this guy's not even a core. Think about it. This guy's not even a coordinator at the time. He's not on anybody's radar. And he was already ready for the crew that thinks oh coaches like the baltimore raven defensive staff i don't want to go back to the eagles but oh these guys got to take interviews they're not prepared they can't focus on the game these guys have been preparing for this and nick sirianni said it for their entire lives um but andy's different he's on a different level i had the pleasure of interviewing brett Favre several years ago and I just mentioned Andy Reid. I just said, Andy Reid, and he goes, the most prepared coach I've ever seen. Yeah, unbelievable. And this is before, you know, he became Andy Reid. He said, you know, I truly believe I won MVPs because of Andy Reid. I'm like, there you go. Yeah. I I thought that Shanahan screwed it over a couple of different times. But like John and I say often here, it does come down to the players. And Mahomes did march it down the field. Aided by the fact that he knew he was going for it on fourth down. Why the hell do you take the ball? Yeah, that helps. Uh, yeah. yeah, that that's a plus. But he did what he had to do, stuck it in the end zone. McCall Hardman in and out. Johnny Crackcorn and I don't care. Whatever the hell they call the play, it doesn't Corn matter. Corn dog. Uh, Corn the, dog. The, the actual call of the play, the naming doesn't matter at all. It, 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 does Mahomes have a legit chance to catch Brady and become the greatest quarterback of all time? I will say, man, this is a tough one. I'm, I'm, I'm taking the under. I'm taking uh, the under. You know what? I, I hate to be the guy, but let me know when he gets to five. Because Troy that's got fair. that's fair. Yeah. Troy, that's Troy got fair. three in seven years, and I thought he'd get more. He didn't. I and look, I'm not saying Mahomes ain't gonna get more because I think he will, but I, I, I think the conversation's a little more fair when he gets to five. But he's gonna have the numbers. To challenge Brady, it's I, I yeah, think 
And that's but, not an insult. I'm with Jeff. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things got to go right to win a Super Bowl. And this was his toughest road. And that's even a bigger credit to him. Um, and right now he looks unbeatable. But it, I mentioned during the season, and I love that Antonio Pierce story that Andy told. He texted Antonio Pierce. Who, who thought the Chiefs were going to the Super Bowl after the Raiders beat him on Christmas? Um, at Arrowhead, by the way. We were talking about that in the press box that day, John. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, oh, they, you know, they're, they're done. Or we didn't say they were done, but they look good. Not, not the same Chief team we're used to, exactly. Yeah. They had a lot of hiccups. The Eagles beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead. Um, you know, drop passes all over the place, starting from week one with Kadarius Stone. That's how they lost the Lions. They didn't have Kelsey. They dropped a bunch of passes. Um, they had a lot of hiccups this year and managed to persevere. So all the credit in the world to them. But, man, so many things. And I always – John always the best example of this. Um, he, he was a great quarterback when he was losing Super Bowls. And, and by the end, when he was winning Super Bowls, it was really Terrell Davis's team. Um, and he kind of – you know, rode the wave, nothing wrong with that. But in hindsight, people go, well, I always got two, always great. He was great when he was losing Super Bowls. So it's not just about the quarterback. I call the quarterback in Kansas City a cheat code, though. Um, Andy was talking um, to somebody, it was probably Peter King, because he did that in thing. And he said, the margin, he was talking about complacency in the Antonio Pearson thing. Antonio Pierce thing. The margin from winning and losing in this league is so small. And, and he talked about complacency and the, he felt the Chiefs got a little complacent. And that's why he texted Antonio Pierce to thank him for punching him in the mouth. And he was able to course correct. The Eagles weren't able to do that. That kind of clicked for me. Everybody looks, what went wrong with the Eagles? I think they got complacent. They won, what was it? It was 20. They were 14 and one and then 10 and one. So 24 out of 26 starts with Jalen Hurts. They were on that run before the wheels came off. They were 27 and two if you date back to 2021. Yeah. So when the wheels came off, and I think they got complacent. They were like, we're the Eagles. We're going to roll the footballs out and we're going to find a way to win. And I don't think Sirianni was able to do that course correction that Andy Reid said, look, if you guys don't don't do the things that you've done to get here, you're not going to win. And that's the Chiefs. And they have the the old it's a little bit easier for them because they do have the quarterback. They're always going to be involved. And not the Eagles have a very good quarterback, but I hope people realize there's a difference between Patrick Mahomes. But I thought I, I thought that was for everybody, and everybody's still looking because you saw those guys, Jeff, at Radio Row. What went wrong? And they're all like, I don't know. I, I don't. I can't put my finger on it. I think Andy put his finger on it. He's always helping the Eagles. I think he helped the Eagles again. It was stinking complacency, Yeah, I and, think. And Andy's dealt with so much over the course of his career, from quarterback injuries to – you know, he's been challenged on losing locker rooms before. So he's had 25 years of preparation for yeah. this. And, and I, I just remember talking to players. This is back in 02 when McNabb got her. Andy knew how to write the ship and said, look, we're going to be fine. And I think everybody 
just kind of gravitate toward that. Like, look, we're still one of the best teams in the NFL. Like, yeah, our MVP candidate, Donald McNabb, is out for the rest of the regular season. They weren't even sure he was going to be back. But remember, Andy started the whole Koizar Boyd thing when Coy Detmer was quarterback. And what does Coy do? He throws for almost 300 yards, gets 49ers, and he gets hurt. And they find a way to still win games with A.J. Feely, who took maybe what, maybe – well, I guess he took more because he played at the end of the 2001 season, that meaningless game. But still, yeah. it, it was the way he was able to gravitate a team and to keep a locker room together, I thought, was always his biggest strength. And he did this year. All right. Uh, I'm going to make a statement that when you first hear it, you go, what the F is he talking about? Um, Travis Kelsey is flying under the radar. And that's kind of difficult to do. When you're dating Taylor Swift and the whole world, including uh, TMZ and paparazzi and whatever, follow you every move. He's flying under the radar because I just asked Jeff Kerr. I've been asking everybody on the show. We've been talking about here is Mahomes in the conversation for GOAT status. And that's the quarterback position, which most everybody worries about. Why aren't we talking about Kelsey as the GOAT of tight ends? I, I kind of wrote about this for CBS. Uh I brought up the conversation, and the person, oh, he's no Gronk. And I said, well, no, his numbers are better than Gronk. He's almost got as many Super Bowls as Gronk. Yeah. I, I mean, everybody goes, well, he doesn't catch a lot of touchdowns. I'm like, okay, is that the argument you're going to use for Gronk? Because he's got more receptions. He's got more receivers. Well, Gronk's hurt. I'm like, well, why is that Travis Kelsey's fault? Right. And so, I mean, it, it seems like the barometer is obviously Tony Gonzalez, and his numbers are going to be very hard to catch. <clears> but. I mean, Travis Kelsey's easily top three, in my opinion, right now. I think people talk about it. I've heard – I think the difference is quarterback. People are obsessed with quarterbacks. I mean, he's a tight end. So people talk about him in the conversation with the best tight ends, um, but that just doesn't have the same cachet as Tom Brady and Joe Montana and Patrick Mahomes. I same think with that, head coaches, you know. Yeah, um, well, head coaches, yeah, a little bit as well. But I think in his position – yeah, I mean, he's in the conversation. And, uh, you know, you can differ. Gronk was more well-rounded. He's a better blocker. But Kelsey's obviously a better receiver. And he's a, a better blocker than people realize. I mean, that's why he got fired up and nearly killed Andy Reid because I guess it was who, – who missed that block? I think it was Noah Fan who missed that block. It was Noah Fan. Um, and he was fired up about it. It's like, I would have gotten away, you know, and, and he probably would have. So he's he's I think he's in the conversation. I think he gets his just due. I just think it's not as high profile a position. I mean, now, everything's quarterbacks, quarterbacks, quarterbacks. Now we were talking about Andy Reid. I also did that list. Where's Andy Reid rank among the greatest coaches of all time? And I said before the Super Bowl, if he wins, he's going to be top five. I actually had him fourth over Chuck Knoll. Kind of curious to see where you guys have. Um, Boy, I haven't thought about it, but he's a, he's easily top ten. How high do I go? I I'd have to think about that. Uh, you know, I still put Belichick one. Um, I put Vince one over Bill. Right, um, and one I, one. I, 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 I got no, no problem, problem with anybody. With Vince. Yeah, I have no, yeah, I have no problem with with Vince. Um, and then you start talking about Chuck Noll, obviously. Yeah, he belongs in the conversation. Tom Landry belongs in the conversation. George Hallis belongs in the conversation. But I had Hallis era, third. Different era. Um, but Andy's easily top 10. Easily. And the most impressive part 
to me is the consistency because I value consistency. I think being consistent is harder than winning one. Like everybody disagrees with me. I said this on Cilio's show. I was like, one of the most impressive things in NFL history, and I mean this, was Buffalo getting the four consecutive AFC championship games. And if they win one, Scott Norwood makes a field goal. They're looked at differently. Uh, John, I'll one-up you. They won four consecutive AFC championships. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> what I meant to say. Um, the consistency to do that is just so difficult in a league, what Andy was saying, again, built on parity. You're not supposed to be able to do that. So, Andy, all the NFC championship games here, and then when he got to Kansas City, and now he has the superstar, all-time great quarterback, I mean, the record is just unbelievable, but the consistency is even more impressive to me. That's that's why he's so high on my list. You know, he's gained like 30 or 35 games on Belichick in the win column over the last four years. Yeah, well. It's crazy. Nope. Like, you know, Belichick left. Now he's got Brady. Now he's got Brady. Now, you know, yep. I mean. I, I say, you know, I have tremendous respect for Peyton Manning, even though he's only got two, even even though he only. Um, and by the way, his last one, he was a bad quarterback. Again, Man, he was I called, yeah, I, I call Peyton Manning the greatest regular season quarterback of all time because of the consistency. Just I when when Indianapolis started their year, they're like that the, the over unders 10. A bad year, you're going to win 10. You're going to win double digits. And then it's just a matter of how good the year was going to be. And it was usually 13. It was 12, 13, 14. They'd always play 16. Or something like that. Yeah. So. Just, just the consistency um, in this league is, is more impressive to me. But, I, you know, obviously it's about Super Bowls. I mean, you can't get over that. That's what everybody judges by. All right, Jeff Kerr, let's bring it back to the Eagles. John and I would talk about the NFL calendar uh, three weeks till the quote-unquote new season starts and free agency, although we all know they'll be tampering plenty at the Combine next week with agent talk and the like. Eagles have... 19 free agents, I think it is, 18 of which are unrestricted. They've got one restricted free agent, Jack Stoll. So let me ask you about him. Will the Eagles make him an offer? Will will they put a tender out there for him? Uh, I get that Jack Stoll's a good blocker, and there's a uh, – I think there is a need for a good blocking tight end in the NFL – but the Eagles already have Dallas Goddard, who can certainly do that and do both roles. I got no use for Jack Stoll. I'm ready to move on from Jack Stoll. The Eagles over the last several years, Sirianni coach team, and he's still the head coach, um, have seen to have an affinity for the guy. And I think the quarterback kind of likes him. Is Jack Stoll going to get a contract offer from the Eagles? I think Eagles need to improve behind Dallas Goddard, but I don't think it needs to be at the expense of Jack Stoll. I think there's a role for Jack Stoll on this football team for all the reasons you mentioned, Jody. Like, if they get rid of him, I, you know, I'm not going to play this soft violin, but I, I think there's a there's a way Jack Stoll can be on this team in 2024. Yeah, I think he'll be here. I, I think Howie might play some tricks to Jody's point and say, well, the restricted number is a little bit too high, so we're going to cut you and make you, well, not cut you, but let you non-tender you, make you unrestricted and sign him at a lesser number. 
I think he did that with Boston Scott a couple of years ago. I think um, he may try that, um, but I I don't I think he'll be here. Uh, yeah, and I'm with Jeff there. Yeah, you, you want to get better, but you can have Jack Stoll as well. Um, I think the bigger issue is getting that pack up tight end that can catch the ball a little bit. And Grant Calcaterra hasn't proven he can do it at a high level yet. They got yeah, nothing. Jai uh, Mac, hold on. I got to I, – shame on me. I should remember. I don't remember. Was it Arnold? Who was the guy who they brought in as It was a, Dan Arnold. Albert, Dan, uh, oh, Dan, Dan Arnold. Dan Arnold, yeah. who yeah. you told me catches everything that comes his he way. Does. Damn, there's a tight I, end yeah. who can actually catch the football. This guy got a chance hey, to make the team. So – um, they need to do better than Dan Arnold this year because if they started that thought process, got to get a better catching, receiving backup tight end. They gave it a shot last year and then they bailed on it because yeah. Arnold didn't make the team. I, I was in the the John McMullen camp there. I like the signing when they did. Yeah, yeah, I, I got that. Thanks for bringing that up. I got that one wrong, Jody. But also don't forget about I, Albert. I it up because- Albert. You're, you're telling Albert. me they're going to get a pass-catching tight end, and I'm saying they did last year, and then they said, ah, never mind. Well, they so, took two swings at it. Don't forget Albert O. Albert Akwegbanan. That exactly. was he brought on. They, at least they kept them around all year to not play. They 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 took So they got to get better at that position, but I think they're going to bring back uh, Jack Stoll. Noah Tungia is still here, by the way, on a futures deal as well. Is but he, they need I to get better. Be they need to get better. Um, at, at at the receiving part of it behind Dallas Goddard. But I, I don't think they have to do it at the expense of Jack Stoll. But since Jody went down the free eight, here's what I here's the question I'm going to ask you. It, it, looking at the unrestricted free agents, and we'll put aside Jason Kelsey and um, even Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham. So put those guys aside because that has more to do with yeah the sort of stuff they put in the bank long term their meaning to the organization but if you look at this unrestricted free agent group is there anybody you would worry about if they lost no anybody so i had to do the franchise tag deadline or one franchise tag candidate for every team if they'll there's none there's yeah none. the eagles that's i was not. like nope i'm like yeah. forget it don't even waste your money that's i yeah. think that's how i wrote it don't even waste your money i would argue it's Braden man that's uh, I, yeah. I, you have to give Howie obviously took some hits and deserved. He didn't have as good as a year coming off his uh, early in the season. Everybody was like two-time executive of the year, not even close, didn't get one vote. But long-term, he said this, there's nobody that's an unrestricted free agent other than those veteran guys uh, that would be all DeAndre Swift. All right, if they get a decent deal, but you're not going to, Crying your pillow if they lose, yeah. you know. Uh, Bray, even Braden Man, Braden did a great job. I think they should bring him back, but you know, if you're the not tagged gonna... man, it would be, I think, 5.1 million. No, nah, I, would, I wouldn't pay the punter that. <laughs> yeah, you can't tag him, but they should bring him back. They should find a way to, and he should want to come back. Uh, I guess how we spoke very highly of Zach Cunningham. Um, but are you gonna? Are you going to weep if he's not back? I wouldn't be shocked if Zach was back. No, no, that's fine. But I'm saying if he isn't. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to, again, I'm not going to play the soft violin for him. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think Howie set that up pretty well. So I do give him credit to that. The Eagles 
most teams are worried about losing a player or two. The Eagles really aren't in that position. That's they'll be getting rid of some players on their contract too. Like, do you expect Kevin Byer back here? Uh, not at no not at that number. Not at that number. I mean, if there's something we don't know about, and Vic Fangio comes in and says, "Well, I'd like to have that experience. I think he fits. I think I can work with him." But they'll have to renegotiate the contract. There's no way he's coming back at that number. I mean, yeah. this isn't exactly breaking news here, but I just feel like they're they're going to be very active in free agency this offseason. Yeah, they're going to have to be. They're losing. You guys just ran down the list. Eighteen names. See you later. Bye. See you later. Bye. So, well, no, that, they're going to bring some guys back. No, 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 no. no. You, well, you, that's not only no. Got how many that, draft picks? That's not what I'm saying. They're going to bring some guys back who are unrestricted free agents. I'm saying. I, I need a prediction out of you right now. 18 guys on the on – uh, 19, if you want to add Jack Stoll. How many of those guys will be filled up Eagles next are, are we doing a live edition of Stay or Go here? We're not going to write yeah, about it. Live edition. Just yeah, live and edition. Jody, go, go down the list and McMullen and I will tell you if they yeah, stay exactly. or go. We got two minutes here. Kelsey. I uh, well, I think he's retiring. Yeah, I'm 50 Go, go, 50. go. Uh, Fletch. Go. Uh, go. Jeff. Go. Brandon Graham. Back. Stay. Stay. Stay, yeah. stay. Marcus Mariota. Go. Gone. Yeah, right. gone. DeAndre Swift. Go. Gone. So, just so you know, scoreboard, one stay, four goes. Uh, Boston Scott. Go. Back. He's he's back. He's a he's a glue guy. He's a glue guy. Yeah, I I kind of want to side with John on this, but I feel like they're going to change some things up at right back. Zach Cunningham, how he likes stay. I think he's gone. That's how he's trying. How how he's trying to get through a press conference. I think he's gone. Another split. Justin Evans gone. Too many injuries. Yeah. Uh, Shaq Leonard gone. (laughs) He was he he, he was gone. Yeah, he might retire. Suapetta. Uh, Sua, I think, might be back. It depends yeah. on, will he get two years somewhere else? Uh, he might be back. I'm going to lean stay. Uh, I'm a John on that. I think he might be back. Rashad Petty? Gone. No, no. Great guy, by the way, but gone. Rashad Petty. is the case. Gone. As long as Nick Sirianni's here, he's got a role on this offense. Gone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, th- thank you, coach. Uh, Nicholas Morrow, gone. gone. Uh, Alberto, gone. gone. Braden, man, you both said stay. 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 Why? Jack Driscoll. Similar to Sua. Similar to Sua. If somebody thinks he can be a starter, he's probably gone. Is going to give him a decent contract. So he's a wait and see guy. But I'll 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 lean towards stay again with Jack. He likes it here too, so I wouldn't be shocked if he was back. Injured Sean Bradley. I'd bring him back. Yeah, why not? Bring him back. Okay. Uh, Quez. Gone. Yeah, gone. And Jack Stoll, we already talked about. So both of you guys are under 500, are uh, less than half. So if it's 19, you got eight. So 10 roster spots are opening up. So I get back to my point for Jeff Kerr asking, they're going to be busy in free agency. They have to be. They got holes in the roster. They're losing all these free agents of their own. They need to be replaced by somebody. You telling me they're going to have nine undrafted free agents on this team this upcoming offseason? No, they well, they so. got a lot of draft picks, but they're going to have they have money. They got, they, make got some... they got eight draft picks, of which four we don't know. Uh, so, 
You yeah, know what but... one of my intriguing questions in free agency is? I got to do this. <laughs> I kind of want to put it as a bonus question. What team takes their shot on Quez Watkins? Somebody will take it. because I know one will, but I'm just curious who. By the way, you know, I saw Nelson Aguilar re-signed with uh, Baltimore. Going to year 10, by the way. Yeah, amazing. I got, I I got, uh, I don't know if you got any, but I got a couple. The Eagles should bring Nelson Aguilar back. They've said, and first of all, Nelson's not a bad player. And they, you know, and he had a great, he had a, he had a great Super Bowl here. but obviously he wasn't. Nelson Aguilar would rather shoot himself in the face than come back to Philadelphia. Nobody thinks about the other side. Yeah. When you sh- sh- shit on somebody for so long, guess what? They don't want to come back. So even if the Eagles wanted Quez Watkins back, he doesn't want to come back. But uh, And that's why I bring up Nelson. Um, yeah, but somebody will give him a chance. And he's not that good. So it's not going to work out you know but he was he nelson run, was more nelson was more productive last year than odell beckham was and odell beckham made 12 million more than nelson is a great route runner could get open with ease he just couldn't catch the football consistently um and that's kind of, big kind part of, like, of the big part kind of, of like the, i don't know oh. quez watkins yeah uh, he was kind of, much better than quez Watkins. yeah kind, i mean kind yeah. of a kind of a prerequisite to be a receiver in the national football league Catching the football, that kind of, and I, I just remember you heard it here on Birds 365 on February, whatever day it is. It, shooting, what'd you say, John? Who's shooting himself in the face? I might have uh, to shoot myself in the face on Birds 365 Nelson. if Andy Reid signs Quez Watkins and Quez all of a sudden. Oh, he's Patrick. gonna, he's gonna run if Patrick Mahomes, out. If Patrick oh. Mahomes can lay it out there and Quez can catch the football. In next year's Super Bowl, Quez yeah, you, is you, may, you may want to turn into sixty-five the Eric, day after. I, I got one for you. Side. Quez Watkins is a significantly better football player than Kadarius Tony is. I no, I don't agree with that, and <laughs> I'm not a big Kadarius Tony fan. Here's the I can't stand Kadarius. Here, here, here's the problem with Quez that just it, it it I can't figure out. He is a terrible, and I mean terrible, manufactured touch player. Uh, like Andy, you're saying Andy. Andy wouldn't use him in that way. He's not good at it. He yeah, was, what a, was. What was the stat? Ruben Frank had was it? Was it like every time Quez Watkins has been targeted over 20 yards over the last 20 games, he either fumbled it or it led to an interception well, or something yeah. like that. I'm, I, I'm, I, I, I think Rube tweeted it. I'm just like, wow, Rube. Like, I like, do think. Look, his confidence is shot. And he needs to get out of Philadelphia and he might be a little bit better somewhere else. But again, you know, he's a speed guy who you can't use in speed type situations. You can't, you can't run corn dog with him. You can't run end arounds with him. He was a terrible kick returner. You, you know, don't even think about punt returners. He can't make the first guy miss. It's weird. He can run, but that's about it. So you know what upsets me about guys like Quez Watkins, and this this isn't on Quez Watkins, but guys like him, I'm tired of people saying he's a bust. He was a day three, no, six well, round that, draft. I pick. agree. Yeah, I agree. He's not a bust. But like these guys, they're lottery tickets. Think about they drafted. Yeah, but see, you, no, 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 Curry, you're as guilty as everybody else. At some point, where you were drafted becomes irrelevant. 
When you've been in the league for four years, you can't look back and go, yeah, but he was a sixth-round pick. He was the guy who got I just starting reps in the league for years. And then that's the bar you've got to hold him to. Not where he was drafted. When you're drafted, of course, that's this first year. Okay, second year, maybe. By the time you're on a team for three years, where you were drafted, for me, becomes completely and utterly irrelevant. What have you done for those three years? That's what we're going to measure but, you but, against. But I don't like people but, calling but, him a bust because he's yeah, not a bust. He, he's grading. No, but you can't have it both ways, Jody. If people grade, people always grade drafts, and they're saying, oh, this draft, this draft, this, this draft, that. If you're a six-round pick, take Quez Watkins' name out of the equation. If you're a, And take Jason Kelsey, who's a six-round pick who's going to turn into a Hall of Famer. Take Erase the name. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. If you're a six-round pick in the NFL and you make well, it you to become... if you the name, then he's not a bust because you erased the name. Let me finish. If you're a six-round pick in the NFL and you make it to be a bested veteran, you are not a bust. You are not supposed to make it that long in the NFL. So if you're grading personnel guys, like different calendars, so you'll see personnel guys get blown out after the draft as they get fired because they didn't draft well. Um, from that standpoint, when you grade those guys, 
if you got a six-round pick that turns into a vested veteran with your team, I mean, I don't even think a six-round pick, if they hang in the NFL for five, six, seven years is a bust. Uh, Average-wise, you know, if you look at it from how many turned into nothing, that's what that's what I think Jeff is talking about. I'm not, I yeah, can't, yeah, but that's, that's actually, how I look at Well, I got, this all started when, People were really overreacting. So remember when Wendell Smallwood was here? He's a bust. I said he was a fifth-round draft pick. The fact that he's even still in the league is impressive because most of these guys get cut by year two. Yeah, so it's a different scale. If you're grading the individual player, I get what you're saying, Jody. He's not a difference maker. He's not, you know, Nick probably gave him too many chances, let's be honest. All that, I agree with it. But if you're grading a personnel guy on a six-round pick, and remember, the Eagles carpet bombed that stinking position that year, and he lasted longer than Jalen Rager and John Hightower, who were drafted ahead of him. Yeah. Uh, so those are the ones where you got to pay. And people John Hightower's on the in the UFL now. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I understand the point you're trying to make. I disagree with it. Um, you can look at the individual and what he did. If you want to just use him as a draft position and an evaluation of a draft. Okay. Yeah. That, that I get. And you can either say that pick was, or wasn't a bust when you've established yourself in a league for years. And then you're going to, after a specific period of time, this being four years, look back and go, yeah, but he was a sixth round pick. So what? He was a sixth round pick who had become a starting wide receiver for a team and then went backwards. That's a bust. It, 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 when you achieve this in three years and then drop off the face of the earth, you become a bust in my estimation. That's how I define bust. Not by well, I'm, I'm, I'm just like, if you're, fact. if you're Alan wall King or you're Chuck walls, that's a check in your column. If you're one of the personnel guys and he's a Southeast guy. So it's probably Alan, probably Alan wall King. That's a check. That's a, that's, you did a good job there. Um, other than a negative, then you're talking about the coaching staff. If you get to a point where you you turned in, and you're right, the last two years Quez Watkins went backward. That's then you got to start looking at the coaching. Well, staff. I got upset too over you know we're talking about the bus talk. Do you guys know apparently Carson Strong was a bust? <laughs> Undrafted. Undrafted, yeah. like. Oh, remember, he was going to make the team over Tanner McKee. He was going to be yeah. QB, too. And then all of a sudden, Tanner McKee is a good preseason game. Everybody loves it. That would be ridiculous. That would be stupid because Carson never established himself as but anything. Quez did. That's why you can call Quez a bust because he reached a level and then he went backwards. The, I, I will judge who is or isn't a bust much more by what they did on the field than their draft position. I'll, I'll say in 2021, Quez was a bad player on overachieving team. How's that? Yeah, I, I, I remember having the conversations on this show uh, before the Eagles got A.J. Brown. I was stunned how many fans. I would say they need to get better at wide receiver two at the time because I thought oh, the I got Quez. Yeah, and no, Quez is fine. Quez is fine. Uh, I, I, Jody, no, I said so many times, no, no, he's not fine. He, he maybe he was fine as a wide receiver three turned out I was wrong about that, but there was no stinking way he was going to be a wide receiver two in this league. And obviously they went out and got AJ Brown and that, 
not only knocked Devontae from one to two, it gave him probably the best, or certainly in the conversation, to be the best wide receiver two in the NFL. So uh, things worked out. But it's troubling, by the way. We talk about free agency. It's troubling how this team has not been able to draft at least some uh, – Not it, it could be fine, I'll say, because it could be an undrafted guy. It could be anything to find a, a competent third receiver. And Alameda was as close as they got, but, I mean, when they you start talking about blocking and hard work and dirty work, you got to have somebody who makes plays and more consistently than they've been able could, to, to put Brenton together. Could Covey be that guy? I don't oh, think they'll don't, give him the opportunity. Don't, don't go I, there. I don't, I, don't, I don't think they'll give him the opportunity. He's got some support, though, in – on who, people, who, who, who does he have that support from? That's off the right. Anyone of consequence? Uh, yeah, somebody, yeah somebody there are a couple of, people of consequence. Somebody, actually, somebody of pretty large consequence. Yeah, John, John knows who I'm talking. But, but yeah, but oh, um, no, 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 no. You opened up this door. Now you got to walk through it. Here. Well, yeah, that was off the record. That's yeah, that's off, off, the, off, the, record, off the record. But um, it, 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 what you know, I would say. This is last year. This is when everybody's not performing. If the Eagles go out and get somebody with, I don't know, you know, I, I look at Mooney with Chicago. I mean, because I think he would be a fit as a slot guy. He can run. I, I, I like Mooney a lot, too. And I don't he, think he's he, going to be back in Chicago. He he can. Yeah. But you think he's going to sign on with the team as a wide receiver three? Yeah, I don't think he was. He was a wide receiver one in Chicago two years ago. For for a little bit, he's not not grabbing a three spot here in Philadelphia. I don't think he's that good. I don't think he's that good. So I don't. I I don't think there are. You don't think he's a legit two? He wasn't a good two last year. I don't. I don't think he. I think he's a good three, and I think, you know, some team might overreach. I I haven't looked at every other team, and they might need, and he might be an upgrade, but. I'll tell you who would be a nice guy to do the dirty work on this team. Who would probably be an upgrade over Zacchaeus. Equinemia St. Brown. We're going the Chicago route. Well, I like his brother. And yeah. I like his name. I like his first name. But he, he drops the football more than <laughs> He drops the football a lot. Yeah. yeah. He does. And I, uh, by the way, he, he, was, he was the better receiver. He was better than Amon in college. Yeah, he, he was the better receiver. I thought he he had a chance to be. He just drops the ball way too much, way too much. He's got talent. I mean, the whole family is talent. Yeah. Uh, St. Brown, Amon Ross, St. Brown is one of the best receivers in football. I mean, he is unbelievable. He is tremendous. I got I I get to interview him every offseason. And I was one of the first to ask him this. I said, do you remember who was drafted ahead of you? And he listed them all. Like, just right off the bat. Like, man, you're going to be good. And he laughed. Like, All right. Uh, what motivation. <laughs> you can you can say that it was a freaking or whatever, but Darnell Mooney's a 1,000-yard wide receiver in the league. Uh, they don't sign as threes. They, I guarantee you wherever he signs Darnell well, Mooney. At minimum, it's going to be Christy Jones two. once had 890 yards in uh, the season. 890 uh, isn't 1,000, is it? He was he's still had a productive year, and it fell at the face of the earth since Darnell Mooney did that. Yeah. Just denoting the fact that he had a thousand yard season. They're not how many guys in the league this year had a thousand yard seasons? You're you're Mr. Carr, you're Mr. Stats. 
Yeah, I'm sure you know this off the I'm, top. I'm texting you. How many wide show. receivers had thousand yard seasons this year? Well, they 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 went. It was eleven. You know, I look. I get, and that's my whole point. When and by give, the way, twenty two was still sixteen games, right? Um, no, we played 20... seventeen two now or three? Yes, yeah. this is three years we played. 17. Yeah, this was three. All right, so it was a seventeen game season. I bet you, you know, twenty five guys in the league. Look, that out of and I don't, I don't give, I don't give the Bears credit a lot, um, because you know I'm not, I haven't been a big fan of the way they've gone about this rebuild, <clears throat> and we'll see. I mean, this year they have a chance to get Caleb Williams and another great player. Who knows, Marvin Harrison Jr. Maybe they can put that together. But that's what you're looking about. Uh, yeah, did he have a thousand yards? Was he a 20-point scorer on a bad NBA team? Yes. He was tremendous, and he but made plays when the opportunity. That gets you paid, John. That gets you paid. That gets 28 guys had 1,000 yards this season. Coming, coming off that there are 32 year. teams. So that equates to a number one wide receiver for me. Now, we that, all know he's not a not one. A, no, he's not a two. 20 that, points per game last year, Jody Mack. Come on, man. That 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 that. It, 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 think about it this way, Jody. He he had a thousand yards, as you mentioned, in what a twenty twenty one, and you know, first of all, that's two years ago. Um, number one, and this is a team that gave up the farm to get DJ Moore, and they're talking about who's a great receiver, DJ Moore, and now they're talking about getting Marvin Harrison Jr. At least some look. I mean, they know they got to get better. But 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 the, 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 and that again, you have to look at the totality. But the difference between him and a guy like Quez Watkins, Quez couldn't even be a bad twenty point scorer on a bad. When when you give him the chance to catch the football, make the play, he's going to make the play, and that's good. But he's not he's not a top tier receiver, and it, most teams are smart enough to realize that. All right. Well, again, just to use your phrasing, third wide receiver. At best, that makes you the 65th best wide receiver in the league. Because if you've got 32 teams and there's two wide receivers in front of you on each team, that makes you number 65. I don't think he's number 65. That's the point I'm trying to make. Um, not a three. He's better than a three. All right, uh, Jeff Carr, thank you very much. We kept you shoot, almost an entire hour. All right, this so is fun, guys. I, I, I enjoy when Jody goes off the rails here and- you yeah, I, I, when when I feel the need to reel you guys in, uh, I do what I got to do. What can I tell you? Uh, Jeff Carr, thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, guys. Thanks, <clears throat> All right, uh, Birds fans, here's your chance to save up to 40% on your car insurance right now for one of Jacob's sports' from one of Jacob's sports' great partners. Here's what you need to do. Call one of their managing partners, Jim or Fran, and tell them you're a friend of Jacob's sports and Birds 365. Hi, I'm Jim Neilbronner, Managing Partner at DelVal Insurance Group. Give us a call. We're a local, knowledgeable agency, not an 800 number. Go Birds! Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. 
Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV. Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. You got Mac and Mac here with you on Birds 365. We thank our boy Jeff Carpenter. We keep Jeff long. I look up on your guy. Jeff likes like, it though. I feel bad, but I think Jeff likes being on. So. Yeah, he'll if uh, he doesn't have to take the dog to the vet or whatever, he'd stay on for the entire show. If we go, oh shoot, we're out of time. Jeff, thanks for coming. Uh, he probably wouldn't even even blink because uh, he just loves talking football with us, and we love having him on the show. Um, one thing I mentioned with Jeff right at the top, and we got off in several other different directions, was uh, people come into the defense of uh, the 49ers head coach, which does surprise me. And Eric at home is scheduled to join us in just about five minutes uh, because we went as long with Curry as we did. Um, I'm very interested. I specifically didn't ask uh, Eric ahead of time because I want to get his response on the air. I told you about Dieter Kurtenbach, the 49ers, and he's a really good writer and he's a radio personality out in San Francisco. Last night I had Howard Balzer. You know Howard. Oh, yeah. Howard. Now, Howard is uh, Howard, I know. So right. I know uh, Howard's very objective. He too attempted to defend Kyle Shanahan on CBS uh, Sports Radio with me last night. Why? I still don't know. And Peter King. In his uh, Monday morning quarterback thing today, 
I, I don't want to hot take this. Let's analyze. His Let's analysis analyze. was to talk to several analytics guys from around the league. John, isn't analytics the study of numbers from previously things happening? Am I am I misdefining analytics? Yeah, well, I, I think you are a little bit in the fact that, you know, I hate the term analytics because it's been hijacked and it's turned into, you know, old school versus new school numbers nerds. It's basic. Yeah, there's some uh, projection involved because it's not. Well, Lynn, do me anything. a favor. Give me the John McMone definition of analytics. Well, I think it's. If I use the word analytics. How should I be using it? Well, I, I've said and I've even told analytics guys, I think you guys should try to rename it as like data science or something to just to get the stain because so many people have a dis, you know, they hear the term analytics and they just. You know, All right, so let me let me use your definition. Uh, data, what do you call it again? Science. Data, data science. You, let's use the data science. What data is there about the new overtime rules in the National Football League in the postseason? <clears throat> uh, there isn't. Any. There's none, as in zero, correct? But that doesn't mean you can't do projective models, which is part of their jobs, and that's what they do. Look, I'm on your side. I'm just saying... Uh, there, there is other ways to do it. I think Kyle, I said it from day one, made a huge mistake. He was never getting the ball. He might've won the game, but he was never getting the ball a third time. So, and again, the worst part to me is he didn't inform the players. So whether he knew or not, and I, I don't think he knew whether he knew or not, the egregious sin is not informing your players, not preparing your players. And that to me is the bigger sin. But if, yeah, if you want to bring up part of analytics, data science, whatever you want to call it, is projection as well as stuff. And yeah, you can build models even though it hasn't happened before. And I saw somebody build a model and they said 58% of the time, the first team, 58.8%. It ends up being 50-50 because it, it, it ends up essentially being what it is. And at the end of the day, I still say, and by the way, I think Kyle should be criticized, but guess what? Somebody could have made a play. Somebody, it's always personnel. Somebody on San Francisco could have made a play to save I, Kyle Shanahan. You can say that about every game, every yes. year, everyone. So personnel you gotta put that important. aside. In analyzing a decision made I think by he a, made coach, a mistake. you have to put it aside and say, and given that anybody could have made a play or not made a play. So just analyze the decision for And I said from minute one, mistake. he made a mistake. Minute one, I said it. From yeah. my perspective, he made a mistake. But again, personnel's more. I don't say he lost the game. He made a mistake, but he didn't lose the game. Right. San and, Francisco lost the game. And if I had had the six numbers in Powerball this week, I wouldn't be sitting here tonight. So uh, I'm not going to bring that up every single show. Hey, you know, I could have not been here if I hit Powerball. No, well, I, I don't think in an NFL game to point out how long was that drive, Jody? How long was the game winning drive? I've already forget, but it was As a stinking long drive. Yeah, it was a long drive. At least one fourth down conversion, which the Chiefs had the exactly. ability to take because they took the they got the ball second because of Shanahan's decision. Yeah. Idiotic. Uh, no, we got Peter King. I, I don't think it's worthless to say it's obvious, but I I think, and I say it all the time. I when I follow a game on Twitter, I I want to I want to scold myself. 
Because all people talk about is coaches. Coach didn't do this. Coach, like they're handling joysticks. It's a freaking players, man. Yeah, understood. But if you're having a conversation about coaching, you have to mentally put what the players could have done mistake. and just judge what did happen. All right, we got to take a time out because Eric Edholm from NFL.com is ready to join us. We'll get his thoughts on the decisions made by Kyle Shanahan and also prepping. What does he do to prep for combine duty? Because he's off to Indianapolis next week as an NFL draft analyst for NFL.com. Eric Edholm next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. They're carving them up and good play calling along the way. Perfect goal at the six. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV. Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. You got your Mega Mac guys here with you on Bird Street 65. John McMullen and Jordan McDonald. I see Eric at home. Is ready to talk some ball with us from NFL.com, uh, general writer and also draft analyst. I'm tapping into the general writer first. I'm not going to try and lead you down a certain path when I ask you, 
How badly did Kyle Shanahan screw up the Super Bowl for the San Francisco 49 Would that be a leading question, perchance, Mr. Edholm? Well, having sat in on the, the tail end of your, your prior conversation, I feel like I'm like the, I, I would say like the the husband or the boyfriend of the the cousin who who wanders into the Thanksgiving party and, and they, come, come settle this argument for us. So come on, come on. This guy. <laughs> yes, be, that's exactly like your role here, Mr. Yeah. Edholm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I get to find out who who likes me and who puts me on their you know what list. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I I think I thought John made a good point, which is that the players, you know, I forget who it was. I'm I'm blanking. It was one of the I think it was one of the defensive linemen saying, "Yeah, overtime rules." I'm sitting there looking at the scoreboard, yeah. trying yeah. to figure out like what, what you know, reading it as the no. fans are reading it in the stadium. So I definitely feel like San Francisco was less prepared. I always feel like. And again, I haven't watched the mic'd up segments. I've taken a few days vacation. I just got back last night. So uh, apparently there was some some chatter about how, you know, I mean, and it doesn't shock anybody that the Chiefs would have gone for two had the Niners scored a touchdown. And I was actually a little surprised that on the last play of regular or the, the penultimate play of regulation or what would have been was six seconds left. They didn't give Mahomes another shot. You know, that they I thought they were going to throw one more pass into the end zone instead of kicking the field goal, I think it ended up being three seconds left on the clock. So that gives you an idea, like with the, the, the most trusted quarterback on the planet, most likely. Um, but yeah, I would say that, that, that Kyle's reasoning only makes sense if, well, I mean, it, it just, it, it, I don't know that it would ever gotten to a third possession. I think it one way or the other, it was going to end unless it was in a situation where they felt like Butker could make the kick and the chances of us making a first down fourth and you know 15 18, or something yeah, like that yeah, yeah that that was that was probably the most likely scenario for that to happen i guess but yeah i mean now i guess it's a moot point now but it is interesting cuz it was the first time we had that that come up yeah i mean I, that that was my whole point eric i'm much more concerned about the preparation aspect of it because right. andy spires were talking oh we were talking about it in training camp and as you mentioned uh, the 49ers players are, and even if Kyle knew and he kind of said, well, we didn't talk about it. He, and Jody had brought up that point. Well, maybe he knew, Hey, it's your job to prepare the players to know. Right. So that to me is worse than the actual decision. And by the way, I think the decision was a bad one because you're not getting the ball back for, for that second time anyway. And he's going to go for two. You might win the game. You might stop them, but that's the, again, personnel, you can stop them. There is an alternative, and they yeah. weren't able to do that. And Kansas City uh, deserves credit. So, from that standpoint, I think we're all in agreement, at least. But uh, I saw your your 2023 rookie class power rankings, and since we are birds 365, how good is a draft when you have the runner up for the defensive rookie of the year, and you're only 19th? I don't like this draft, at least the early <laughs> stages. Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's it is early, right? And I yeah. and I I I I wanted to make that point that like you know there there are plenty of rookie classes over the years where you look and say, eh, you know, and then all of a sudden two three years down the line, you say, well, this guy's a starter, this yeah. guy's a contributor, um, right? And and Jalen Carter was terrific, but you know it, it's it's hard to know exactly you know what what is going to come of this class and whether it's going to end up being a real 
you know, truly a banner group or something like that. I mean, obviously we saw Sidney Brown kind of have some moments before getting hurt, but he had, you know, multiple injuries and that kind of does concern you, I think, to a degree. And, um, you know, I just, uh, you know, it, it was a pretty good rookie class overall. I mean, if you just look league wide, you know, you just sit there and say, look, Nolan Smith was always going to sort of be a bit player year one. You know, how much chance was there for Tyler Steen, really? And, and you know, Keely Ringo was sort of a project of sorts. And I thought actually, yeah. you know, had some moments even. But um, well, I got I got to tell you, Eric, real quick. When yeah. I saw you were doing this, I said, well, Detroit's number one. And you found three teams better than Detroit. So, I know, yeah, right? there were some good uh there Debates. were some good rookie classes. Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing. Like, if you wanted to say Detroit was number one, I uh, Chad Reuter and I, I'm going to throw him under the bus. He's going to be, uh, you know, my friend at the Thanksgiving party. You know, uh, we we kind of combined our grades, and of course, I'm grading with how I see it, and he's grading with how he sees it. So we had to kind of Frankenstein our way to a list, and and gotcha. Chad, amazing. So there are always going to be disagreements. I I probably would have would have put Detroit number two. Um, I thought Pittsburgh had a really nice – I think their Pittsburgh was two, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Pittsburgh was two. Pittsburgh yeah. was two. I mean, they had a really solid top-to-bottom – And Houston, I mean, you have both rookies of the year. I should have thought of that. Yeah. 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 No. yeah. I mean, Stroud and Anderson and, yeah. and Tank Dell and everything else. So, yeah. I probably would have had the Lions two, you know, yeah, Rams I, I three, Steelers four. You know, yeah. I completely blanked on Houston. Houston should have been one. Let's right. be honest. Uh, and no and Detroit's had a great class too. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, it 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 depends how you look at it too. With like volume of picks versus, you know, slugging percentage. Right? How many home runs did you hit in the class versus how many total hits and all that? So, um, there's lots of ways to look at it. But yeah, I mean, all all those guys had all those teams had great classes, and the Eagles are, you know, probably more of an incomplete grade than anything <laughs> else. To be honest. And that's something that you get to check back in on next year and see how they're playing their second year. So it's nice to get a barometer after one, but then two, three, four are just as important as after year number one. Uh, Along those lines, you mentioned the Texans to win both of the defense. And it has them jumping up. I had one power rankings. Uh, You guys do this stuff. Everybody does it. I always give people credit and or call them on on the carpet for their idiocy. Uh, the Athletic put out a power rankings for 2024 already. The, the Super Bowl was, I think, eight minutes over, and they had it posted. And they got the Texans as the fifth power-ranked team. They must have read Eric Edholm's rookie ranking and said, well, shoot, we got to put them in the top five if they're the number one rookie uh, team. I know that uh, their coach, D'Amico, did a great job. I um, You don't yep. need to look any further for a bigger C.J. Stroud fan than me. I defended him before the draft, the whole C2 test, everything else. So uh, I'm, a, I'm a Texans guy. The fifth best team in the NFL? Really, Eric? Did you go there? Where would you put the Texans if you are power ranking off the top of your head right now? Yeah, I think I I power rankinged them uh, to make it a verb, I guess. Um, yeah, I think I, I I had them ranked eighth at the end of the season. Now, granted, you know you can inter- now mine wasn't a this is an early look at 2024. This was just like how they finished the season. You know they they kind of smashed the Browns in the playoff game, right? I mean they. They did as well as you could have hoped for, I think, against the Ravens being as shorthanded as they were. 
there's a lot of obviously good things. They weren't a perfect team. They lost to Carolina. They had they had some slip ups along the way this season. Um, but it but it was a, a special effort from D'Amico Ryan's, and it was a great rookie year from Stroud. And you know, you look at the number of injuries they had. I mean, you can factor in, hey, they might have won another game or given the Ravens a better battle in the playoffs had they been healthier. But uh, you know, fifth seems a little rich to me, but they're going to be everybody's darling this offseason. I mean, yeah, you remember how much people loved sort of dumping on the Texans, you know, and, and what a joke they were. And that's how fast it could change. I mean, you can go from the bottom of the barrel to everybody's favorite. You get the right coach, the right quarterback, the right sort of mix of players, and one yeah. draft class can change the whole thing. So yeah. it's an exciting template from which to build i think that's the best thing it was like if you get the quarterback spot right it's not hard to envision it branching out quickly from there speaking of cj stroud eric did he completely destroy the s2 cognition test with the draft coming up i mean and 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 the combine uh about to hit us and you know he turns into one of the best Arguably, he's in the conversation to be the best rookie quarterback of all time. Um, yeah, at least from a number standpoint. Um, did these pre-draft cognition tests uh, turn worthless overnight? Because one major agency is telling guys, "Hey, guess what? Don't take that thing." Yeah, athletes first. I think, if I'm not yeah. mistaken, yeah. I think that's his rep. Um, yeah, I mean. Yes and no, in the sense that, like, obviously that was a big story at the time because the S2 test, it was not like something like the Wonderlick, which we've known about and heard about for years, and it's been in the public sphere, and people just sort of say, oh, yeah, it's just this test, whatever. Okay, people take it, no, you know, no harm, no foul, whatever. People aren't actually making draft decisions just based on that number, right? You know, yeah. when this S2 test comes along, they, they make it clear, look, this is a – you know, a how quick are you reacting and thinking kind of thing. This isn't an intelligence quotient. This isn't any of that stuff. Um, and because one guy was an, a clear outlier on the poor end, Stroud, from the rest of the, the the test takers, it was almost viewed as if it was somehow biased against him. I didn't view it that way at all. The test may be flawed, right? We don't have a large sample size. Now, I know the company had data going back a little farther than what was sort of publicly made available and all that stuff. But, you know, I, as I say, I mean, you can come up with an analytical model and it might produce a couple of early strong results, but until you have a larger sample size and until you see the results kind of play out on the field, you really have no idea how, how good or, or bad this test is. And so is CJ the outlier or is he the one that, that breaks the model and where you say, okay, clearly this thing has no value, right? I mean, yeah. you know, some kid who plays video games all day may have an incredible amount of, of reaction skill. Yeah. You know, he's finely tuned yeah. these things. I mean, again, I'm just using a little bit of a simplistic model. So I, I don't know. I'll be fascinated to see if, if it's the kind of thing. I think teams are still looking at that data. And when you see something that's in the, the bottom 10 or 20% or in the top 10 or 20%, it kind of forces you like the combine tests do like the measurements and all that go back to the tape and say, do we see this playing out on the field, on the tape? Do we see a, a good thing or a bad thing actually 
in his play as a result of what we're looking at these numbers. Yeah. You know, I know I'm not making great sense of myself. No, you're making perfect sense. You're making perfect. A very, yeah, a very wise coach. Go ahead, Jerry. Yeah, go ahead. Question for you. No, it wasn't on the tape. Anybody who had any ability to judge a, a, a quarterback looked at the tape and go, well, that's just got to be wrong because he's certainly processing information quickly enough in Ohio State's offense to put up those numbers and be that good. And that's why the Texans were smart to take him at number two. Uh, and the other question you asked about how will the NFL react? At least one report I saw today said half of the teams in the NFL, 32 teams, 16 used the S2 test. How many are going to use it this year? Is well, it yeah, going that's... to 20? Is it backing off to 12? You want me to predict for you here? Down to six. So that's what I would do if I were an NFL gym. Throw that crap in the the, the garbage. Uh, but hopefully guys like Eric Edholm can find out exactly how many did use it and will use it going forward. Yeah, I'd love to know that number. I mean, I'd love to find out. I know, John, you were kind of mentioning a coach said something or what was yeah. the... Yeah, well, uh, Nick likes to say a wise man avoids all extremes. You were talking about extremes on both ends. Maybe you throw yeah. those out uh, in case you, if you see something. Ironically, Nick, though, doesn't like motion as offense. He doesn't avoid <laughs> that extreme. Yeah. But uh, he says it all the time. He says that constantly. So yeah. when you see something that's such an outlier... That should set off alarm bells, shouldn't it? I, I think I so. Yeah, I, I mean, the thing that's with Stroud and and for for a good portion of the draft process, you know, and just again, I, I I'm more likely to trust. I trust my my eyes to the to the ability that I know I'm capable of, and I know I have limitations in terms of understanding the the schematic little nuances and things that that each team implements and everything, but. You know, I, I looked at it and said, yeah, I really like Bryce Young, and I, and I think he's going to be good. But the more the process went on, I kept saying, why not Stroud? I felt like, if anything, if there were times when it looked like he wasn't processing quickly, it was – and this is my interpretation of it. It felt like he was programmed to play quarterback a certain way by Ryan Day, which is fine. Ryan Day has a system – it yeah. works. He, you know, they had Kyle McCord there throwing for 3000 yards this year or whatever, you know, like I get why they have that, that kind of rigid structured system there. I felt like it held CJ back at times. Like that's, that's where I saw the limitations as opposed to CJ thinking, what, where do I go with the ball? You know, it was never that, but there were times where you felt like he was sort of hemmed in a little. And so that made me kind of revisit things and say, boy, give this kid a little more freedom like they did in the Georgia game finally. And <clears throat> good things can happen. And they did. Yeah. And you know yeah. what? That's going to come up and bite me in the rear end. I can tell my, right now. McCarthy of Michigan. He was so He's limited boy, this man. year yeah. in what I, they did. I look at the point. numbers and go, yeah. and this kid's a first-round draft pick? Are you kidding me? He goes entire halves without throwing yeah. the ball? But that was Michigan. That's what they did. They ran the football. So you got to be able to judge above and beyond the system they're coming out with. I am in complete agreement with you on that, Eric, at home. Yep. All right. How do you prep for the combine? No, you were down in uh, Mobile for the Senior Bowl. You're going to Indianapolis. Yep. Draft is your Ballywick. What are you doing this week to get ready yes. to be in Stretching my hamstrings, my glutes, my groins, you know, getting limber. I, I say that half-kiddingly only because if, if you've ever been to the, the Indianapolis Convention yeah. Center – you know, it's a good um, mile and a half walk yeah. from from yeah, <laughs> yes anything to anything, right? So yeah. you're, I mean, it. I'm 
I, really right now it's it, I have a pretty good feel for a lot of the top hundred guys. Um, not, you know, back and front, but still like, I, I feel pretty comfortable with those guys. And obviously anybody who was at the senior bowl, I've at least laid eyes on, on person. Um, and now it's more about kind of splitting the differences and watching an extra JJ McCarthy game and, you know, watching an extra Bo Nix game. And, um, you know, look, to be fair, our focus is always going to be on kind of the quarterbacks and the top prospects, because those are the ones that everybody wants to talk about. I, I love researching the Dylan lobbies of the world. And I love looking into the, you know, the, 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 the sort of the lesser known unpolished gems out there, but, um, you know, those, those come over this week and next as we, as we kind of get ready. I also have a, a who's going to run the fastest 40, uh, time story coming up. And, and I, I don't have a great feel this year. I mean, there are a couple obvious candidates, but there are a couple that I think will probably surprise me. So I need to do a little, a little more grinding this week on, on who the true straight line speedsters are in this group. Well, since uh, Jody brought up uh, McCarthy, and that's a big one. That's because, I mean, projection is a bigger deal than people realize. That's the difficult of part of this, the, yes. the projection part of it, not what they've done in the past. But everybody's talking about the quarterbacks at the top of this draft. Caleb Williams, most people still have number one. Drake May, uh, Jaden Daniels, who came out of nowhere, and I've become a Jaden Daniels guy. Sure. Where's yeah. Eric at, at home at this point? When you're talking about the top quarterbacks, if you had to say I'm a insert name guy, who was that guy? Yeah, I mean, I don't know that I've that I've made my final determination yet. I usually try to soak everything in till about it was it was really about April 1st last year that I said, all right, I'm putting C.J. Stroud at number three overall. I can't remember exactly. I had Will Anderson as my number two overall prospect. I can't even remember who I had number one. That's bad. Uh, but I had Bryce oh, Fourth. Oh, you had Bryce Fourth. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I Bryce was right behind C.J. If I if I remember correctly, but I think that's what I had. Or maybe it was Anderson one, Stroud two, Young Where's three. Carter. I, I don't know where you put. Oh, him. Carter. That's who it was. Yes. Yeah. I had Jalen Carter as I think my number two overall yeah. prospect. Yeah. 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 or whatever. So point being, I mean, I had been kind of Bryce up to that point and felt like, you know, unless he was sort of gifted with a pretty good scenario, he might have some, some limitations, some struggles, the rookie. And that's kind of how it played out. I didn't think he'd be quite as limited as he was, but um, looking forward to this year's group, it's a, it's a little deeper group. It's a little more interesting group. You know, there are six guys that you can make a case for potentially being first round picks, I think. I mean, obviously the top three, Jane Daniels had a terrific year. I've always been fascinated by him. I saw him his freshman year at Arizona State and thought he's skinny as heck, but there's something here I like. And the throwing part of it, I, I think like Lamar Jackson, you know, is is always going to be the the second best trade he has but it's a darn good second best trade yeah. and if you have the right system boy i mean that could be a, a tremendous thing i'd love to see him in atlanta i'd love to see him maybe in new england if they do the run game emphasis again under mayo and um but i'll say this I, there are a lot more drake just this is more based on like last four days of vacation sending out some texts hey yeah. you know there's some drake may look uh, supporters out there oh it does not surprise me i mean obviously i'm not breaking news the guys usually mock one two or three <laughs> but i don't know that it's as clear cut or as as 
obvious a choice that that Caleb goes one. And I don't know how it works out if Chicago stays there, if they move down to two, if they keep fields, if they trade fields. I suspect fields is going to play elsewhere next year, but I don't know that to be the case. Here's my question. Let's say the Bears like like May, and I don't know that they do. But let's say they do. Could you take another white quarterback from UNC and 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 have well, that's hope fans Mitchell don't Trubisky. think it's Mitch yeah. Trubisky? <laughs> yeah. Again, they're fair. totally different guys. Yeah. It's not fair. It's, it's no. ridiculous. But it's not fair. But that's stuff you have to deal with. And that's, that's the that's stuff you have to deal yeah. with as a GM. Yeah. You have to have conviction and you have to make sure. I believe in this guy. I think he even wore the same damn new uniform number yeah. that, that Trubisky did. I think he was 10, right? So I'll, uh, I'll tell you why the Bears could do it. Yeah. They got a buffer. Justin Fields was in between. If they were just coming off Trubisky and they went back down that road to get much more difficult because they had got Justin Fields in between, then they'd be going back. I think they can get away with it. And the thing about May is, and I've been saying this since last season, underrated. He makes plays off schedule. Oh, he sure. He's got movability in that. Well, started Mitch. And taking off and running with the football. Now, to just take it into the, the perspective I'm putting it. Just purely in making plays with their legs. He's Mahomes-like. He, I mean. Because he throws it as well as he does, people just disregard the fact that he can make plays with his legs. Uh, that's Mahomes. He, he won the Super Bowl because he converted on fourth down with a run as much yeah. as anything else. May is good running the football. You, you'll find that out when you do your draft work. I, oh, I mean, I would say he's somewhere between Burrow and Herbert. I don't know if there's a perfect – I mean, I haven't quite decided who, who his comp is, but those are kind of the two. He sort of has Herbert's – <laughs> throwing ability and, bo- and body size. And again, I'm not saying he's like, you know, combined their superpowers and he becomes this Uber quarterback. We do this every year. I'm just saying if yeah. there's a, a spectrum in which I'd put him style wise, I would probably say that. And both guys, when they want to weaponize their legs, could be very good at it. Burrow can, you know, drop back 20 straight times. You forget about his running ability and then he stings you on third and, and eight, you know. And Herbert, same thing. He could be, you know, coaxed into being a scrambler too. So, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of exciting stuff you can do with him. I did feel like his play tailed off at the end of last year, the last few games. And it just sort of left a little bit of a bitter taste in my mouth, but yeah, not enough to hate him. You know, not enough to, to dismiss same, him, obviously. Same as Caleb Williams, though. He didn't play well late either. The only guy who went up, the hour was pointing up with oh, Daniels. And man, Boy. did it go up You know, and him. this is, this is and not Penix fair. And Yeah, but yeah. yes. This is completely not fair, and I know it's not fair. But the Caleb Williams against Notre Dame was so bad. It was I, 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 I would that that shook me. That shook me. It was so bad. And I know it's just one game. And I, I know I should just kind of erase. I'm talking about outliers. I yep. should erase it. But it shook me. It was so bad. That I, was I, like Mahomes with. Oh, sorry. That was Mahomes no, against uh, K State. I want to say in yeah. college. I remember yeah. watching the tape and thinking, oh, what do you do with this guy? You know, like, it's, yes. it's maddening. So I get yeah. it. Yep. Yeah. I, yeah. I got a uh, question for this year's upcoming draft. And again, you're going to read ericnfl.com. You have great draft work right up until draft day. Um, the fact that uh, you mentioned you had two defensive players headed to two quarterbacks, just in ranking what kind of player, not the draft prospect of where they were going to be taken because quarterbacks always go first. 
any players ahead of whoever you, you you're debating the quarterback still and you want to wait till April first. More power to you. Good on you. <clears throat> Will there be a player that you will have ranked or several players ranked ahead of whoever the number one quarterback on your board of just pure prospect rankings is? Good question. Uh, like a regardless of position yeah. ranking or whatever. Yeah. Joe Walt from Notre Dame is one of the cleaner prospects. Again, and this is sort of a cursory glance. I think I've watched two games of his so far. Like, like watched him without it, you know. Um, and I'll get in more, of course. But um, he's he's pretty special, man. I, I think he's really yeah. good. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., obviously. Uh, Philly this kid. This is a you know. genetics league, Eric. It is a genetics league, man. Yeah, you got Brennan Rice in this class. All I mean, you got you got some great legacies in this in this group. And uh it's amazing. It is every year we get we get these, and the more you know closer it comes to the start of like me covering their dads, that always knocks me down a few pegs. (laughs) I just think wow, I you know, I mean, I I covered that guy's dad. For I a co- good portion of his career, I covered Antoine Winfield Sr. up close, and I knew, and I literally knew Antoine Winfield Jr. was going to be a great player. I just knew, yeah. it. I knew it, and he has turned into even better than I was. His dad's made. DNA was special, like this oh my t- tiny little corner who could go up and just I've rack never you seen as a, a better tackler. tackling corner. I have never seen a better tackling corner. And in it, space, it didn't yeah. matter. He yeah. took you down. Yeah, that was yeah. when he was in Minnesota. I remember one of the coaches up there said it was like, "Why even screen to his side? Why yeah. run wide to yeah. his side? He'll 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 chop you down." You know, yeah. for a little guy. So yeah. it's amazing to see these guys and and how similar they are to their dads. How different they are. How bigger they are in some cases. It just it's a cool draft. But I would and say here the only in Philadelphia, ones... we're getting Jeremiah Trotter Jr. I know, right? Yeah. Another one. I mean, <laughs> what, what what position does he play? Linebacker? Oh, the, uh, second round. Second <laughs> round. We'll see. I think he'll go before the second round. I get round, it. I'm starting time. to get the joke now, yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> e, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you very much for coming on. Uh, have a great time at the Combine. We'll be reading everything you do on NFL.com. Appreciate we'll that. Getting you back on before the draft, uh, for sure. But thanks for jumping in today, talking all things football with us. Yeah, sorry, it took a few days to get it set up, but uh, glad oh, to hey, be on. I hope you enjoyed your downtime. Would you do it yourself? The uh, BJ, you my got parents. Some color. You got some, got some color sun. on those cheeks. Got the kids in the pool. I mean, we had a good four or five days, so it was, it was fun. Nice. You're Chicago, yes. right? You're Chicago. I, yeah. They don't Chicago. have pools open here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we no, were down no in Florida for a few days. Oh, yeah. You're in the pools in Chicago. <laughs> no. You're no, I meant you got out of Chicago. That's yes. a good thing. That's a very that is good a very good thing. thing. Although yeah. it's been pretty nice, but yeah, yeah a little nicer down south. So, yeah. All right, fellas. Have a great Eric, day. Thanks, Eric. In a bit. Thank you very much for jumping in today. That's Eric at home. Uh, yeah, I knew we, I knew he wasn't getting in the pool in Chicago. No, yeah, no, no, no. That. If he's getting the pool, he's going to the YMCA. If you're in Chicago at this time of year, yeah. but uh, no, he's took took a couple of days after Super Bowl. More power to him and good enough to jump in with us today. All right, Mac and Mac coming back. You know what we got to do? Put a bow on this show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. 
At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV. Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Appreciate both Eric at home and Jeff Kerr for jumping in with us today. Uh, it's a good show. If you're just tuning in now, go, oh, shoot, I forgot Birds 365 and didn't tune into the last 15 minutes. Go back and watch the show. Uh, you know, it's always available to you. Uh, and both Jeff and uh, Eric were good with us today. So we thank them. Hi, right, Johnny Mac. Since we had Eric on and we noted the combine is now a week away, they show up on Sunday, so six days, whatever you want to say it as. Um, but first actual activities will be one week from today on Monday. Let's say the Eagles don't have their assistant defensive back quality control coach in position, which they may not by next Monday. You never know. Um, is that enough of a reason for Howie Roseman and the head coach, Nick Sirianni, not to show up in Indianapolis? Because no. neither one of them made it down to Mobile, no. Alabama. I uh, think they, they uh, might I, make you know, it. Are they going to make it to Indianapolis, John? Are, I believe they are going to make it to Indianapolis, and yeah, I'm going to go on record. They're going to have the. They're going to finally announce the coaching staff because, for that reason, they're going to get questions about it. They're going to have to talk about it. So, you know, I believe it's in place right now, uh, and I believe they will announce it uh, before. Uh, their media availability. I haven't 
checked. I don't, I don't think the NFL's put it out yet, um, but it'll be most likely Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, and uh, I think it'll be in place. That's my prediction. Now, is media availability mandatory or optional? It is optional. Teams don't show up. Talk about it all the time. Rams started it uh, uh, maybe four or five last year. I'd ha- I'll look it up uh, for tomorrow. Um, yeah, it's not it's not mandatory. Right. Um, and more I'm and more teams are going that way. If you had gone down to Mobile, Alabama, to talk to either Nick Sirianni or Howie Roseman, you would have been spit out of luck, bud, because they did not show up down there. Uh, are we sure that they're both going to be in? Indianapolis next week for the combine. I'm not a hundred percent sure, uh, but I'm I'm ninety nine percent predicting they're going to be there. the The Eagles realize um, how many people will be going out, and they don't want to um, have people go out for nothing. So I will give them credit for that. Uh, they will they will be there, and they'll they'll be there anyway because they want to be there. But um, didn't, didn't you tell me there was a pretty good contingent of reporters down there in over Mobile? Yeah, but the, the, the Senior Bowl is different from the perspective of, A, it changes from year to year. Like, I mean, obviously, the year prior, they went to the Super Bowl, so they weren't down there. And and that, and I mentioned, who would we have on? We had uh, Tommy on, Tommy Lawler, who was down there, who who spoke a lot about it. The Senior Bowl is not like it once was. So – it's not like the combine where you have coaches and GMs who are there speak and the NFL sets it up. It was never like that. But back in the old days, you could mingle and you'd be on the post sides. You could even, you know, saddle yourself, sidle yourself up to a, a GM and overhear a conversation, things like that. Now they've split it. Yeah. Media on one side, um, except so it's not as all encompassing from a journalism perspective it's gotten too big and so many people show up and, you know, they want the executives and people that are there to be able to do their job. So they kind of coordinate off more, but it was never like the combine where coaches and GMs get on the podium and actually speak. We'll see if the Eagles are one of them. Cause as you correctly pointed out, the Rams coaches and general managers don't get on the podium and speak because they don't show. And I just, I have this fear. I like your 99%. I'm probably more at 95. So chances are it's going to get done, but it's not 0% that they don't show up out in Indianapolis. We shall see. All right. We got a week to go before that. We got a good show planned for you tomorrow. Are you in Johnny Mac? You back in 20 hours. Uh, I'm planning on it day to day, but planning on it. We will do a Tuesday Mac and Mac here on Birds 365 and 2 and 2, 22 hours. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.